Hey there, it's Lacey J from Space Bear Media, the makers of Lost in My 40s. Did you know that you can go to spacebearmedia.com right now to access all our content, including our weekly video pre-shows, where your hosts ponder ethical questions related to the week's episode and answer some fun questions just for, well, fun Speaking of fun, if you have it, thanks to our content, please consider rating or reviewing Lost in My 40s on your favorite app or recommend us to a friend who loves Lost. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Lost in My 40s, Season 2, Episode 3, Orientation. It's another lock episode, and Christy's going to give it to us. But first, how's everybody? Lovely. Doing great. Just fine. Oh, my God. Why does it always take you guys, like, five minutes to answer me when I ask you how you are? It was like three (laughs) seconds. Three seconds. Uh, No, no, no. Yeah, no, it really right. was. Do you want us to all say it at the same time next time? Is that what it is? Because we were yeah, just waiting did... for everyone to finish. No, no, no. I just want a big old, like, hey, like that. Like, everybody. Okay. Like, oh. like, definitely hey, do that like, next episode. I'll be like, how's it going? You'll be like, yeah, like that. Like, but that's, then don't answer, don't make us, like, don't answer, ask a question. How are you guys doing? Yay. That's not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> it can be if you're in the right mood. No, no. I'm not a woo girl, so. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. So here we are at uh, episode three of season two, the one where things get really weird if they're not weird enough already. Um, I do want to address. I do want to address what happened at the (laughs) at the end of the last episode to just let you know (laughs) we have seen uh, further grown up pictures and uh, the child appears to look mostly normal at this point. <laughs> mostly normal. <laughs> he's kind of growing into his looks. <sighs> yeah, and he's right. not, not a bad-looking kid now, but that, that picture, <sighs> whoa. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> all right, that's not something that's not <laughs> no, something the parents shared with you, is it? Like you had to have <laughs> smuggled that picture out somehow. That <laughs> no, was on or Facebook. Was it on Facebook? Yeah. yeah, that was on Facebook. For the world wow. to see. They are wow. very proud. <laughs> Okay. okay. Oh my God! I just you didn't tell us that they were blind. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh God! <laughs> For the listeners, we still could possibly have that photo up on our screens. So no, it's, no, it's my I don't want to look at it now. anymore. <laughs> oh my God! <sighs> All right, I had uh, made some notes because I wanted to um, talk about, and I'm sure my pronunciation of this is horrific, but um, I believe his name is Adewale Akanue Agbaje, who we talked about actually last week, Mr. Echo, but that's his real name. I was going to carve out some time to talk about him because I think he's fucking great, but we kind of covered most of it last week. Um it's just nice to get to these episodes uh, that he's in because he's pretty great. Um, ben, do you want to give us a little reminder of the power rankings before Christy takes us through orientation? Yeah, 
Yeah, we got mm-hmm. Kate in first, mm-hmm. Jack in second, Michael in third, and at the bottom of the barrel, Susan, then Kevin, and then the others. All right. Well, we're going to head down into the hatch this week. Christy, take us there, please. All righty. So we are on day 45. And um, Isn't that wild? Out on the beach. I know. Oh, it's crazy. only 45 days and all of this shit has happened. Jin is screaming in Korean. Um, and the group that he called the others is like menacingly standing on a rock. Um, they, they look ragged. They've got clubs in their hands. Um, and then a very <clears throat> tall, muscular, half-naked man mm. walks over to Jin and Sawyer and Michael. The rest of them stand behind him, and Jin is still screaming in Korean. Um, all three of them stand up, and the man with the club beats them unconscious. Um, and he looked good. They are dragged through the jungle and thrown. He he did. Dude, and he he um, hits so, and he hits uh, Sawyer like right in the temple. It's just like yeah. right across the side of his head. It's like, ow, fuck. It's like a giant yeah. makeshift club. A giant it's club, amazing. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's concussed at this point. He I could relate. be dead. I mean, the way that he uh, hit him yeah, on the fucking can. head like that. <laughs> yeah, especially in the temple. Yeah. You would know, Derek. I would. If you want that story, uh, you can go to <laughs> spaceparamedia.com on the Zero Shame Stories page and uh, look for the episode with Derek. Sorry, yeah, that was a little plug. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to um, know why he knows what it's like to be bashed in the head, go there now. Yes. They and then, over co- 40 and then times. come back here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, go there so, after this episode. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, Okay, so the others are dragging um, Jen, Sawyer, and Michael through the jungle, and they are thrown into the Sarlacc pit. Um, ah. <laughs> and, of course, Michael is just like, where's my boy? You know, Coral. Uh, Coral. Uh, and and the, the pit is just, like, closed with, you know, like, a makeshift lid. Um, I've got so at- many things that I'm going to say about this pit in the next couple oh, episodes. Oh, my God. You hate awesome. the construction of this? Is, no, is no, it's, I'm, not, I'm not going to get to it now. I'm well, just they prefacing didn't have things. Michael on their side to construct. Uh, true, Michael I'm, wasn't able to. Yeah. I am just going to preface it and say that I'm going to have some things to say about that pit. So this is okay. like your warning that we're going to talk this about. This is my the warning that I'm going to today. obsess about that pit a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the pit, Ben. Me too. Back in the hatch. Um, Jack asked Locke if this is, you know, his destiny. Um, all roads lead here, Jack says. Uh, and then we get right back, right into flashback number one. Um, and there's a woman there. They're clearly in like a meeting of some kind. And she's like, my mom stole from me again this week. Um, Locke's there. It, it's like a support group or something. Um, yeah, you can woman- tell it's like yeah. um, some kind of victims group or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't figure out exactly what type of group it was. It wasn't it was like AA or anything. So. Yeah. No, it wasn't I, AA or NA. No, it had that set up, but like MA? everybody, everybody was, was <coughs> like. Masturbators a, a, Anonymous. <laughs> no, I said, I said, <laughs> no, 
N-A, narcotic. Oh, N-A. (laughs) They always, no, I think, like, they were all, they they all had somebody who had hurt them. They were victims of, like, a crime or, or, you know, something. Uh, So it was like a, I don't know, I don't know what that would be called, but a support group, just general support for people who have been victimized, maybe, something like that. I got I got to get props to because uh, Locke's got hair in this and you know yeah. this is a flashback so he's got I got to get props to the wig man in this one and I wish yes. I would have gotten him to work on Jax a couple <laughs> episodes ago because yeah, Locke's his, wig the, was much better. It's pretty and, legit. Yeah, but he yeah. still looks stupid with hair. I really prefer well, him bald. I mean, he's got a bit of a, a comb forward happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but uh, regard, had, regardless like, of how like a, we like he we- wears the style, at least it looks like it's actually hair. Right. Right, right. Jack, it looked like a squirrel had like died out of his neck. <laughs> <It really did>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always wonder if like the guy who who did that wig is listening to this show and he's just like, Well, I like No, work. he's not. No, you, he's <laughs> that was definitely the best not. Wig I, ever did. I spent days making that thing. These are the things I dream about. <laughs> it's he's not. I know, probably not. If he is, right. I, uh, I invite you to come be on our show. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. You can own your craft yell at first, in person. Then you'll be invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, back at the oh, support fuck. group meeting, uh, this woman is just going on and on about you know how her mom stole thirty dollars from her purse, and that might not be a lot to some of them, but for her, it's a lot. Um, and Locke laughs out loud, and <laughs> it, yeah, he's like. $30 is not something to get upset about. Um, yeah, he's not he having on, this shit. Yeah, he's he's so unsympathetic to everybody in the group. He's like, you all feel too much. Um, <laughs> Peggy Bundy is sitting two chairs over yeah, from Locke. Um, <laughs> and he's like ridiculing the other people there, mocking them for whining about what he thinks, um, you know, are trivial things. And then he says, you know, my birth mother found me. She told me that I was special. Um, and through her, he met his birth father, who then stole his kidney. Yeah, um, that's a lot more fucked up than $30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Locke's got a point here. <clears throat> he does. He does. However, at the same time, I hate the idea of putting down someone else's pain or feelings or whatever. You know? Yeah, you're right. Just so you're because right. I, my I hate situation that idea. was worse than yours doesn't invalidate mm-hmm. your feelings. You know, sure. like your feelings are, yes. are you, valid. Yeah, so. you are. You are correct. Um, I guess for me, just like in this moment, um, because I know it's a TV show, I kind of like the dig that Locke gives, yeah. where he's just like, "Oh, sure, yeah. he yeah. certainly puts things in perspective." And yeah, a kidney right. is yeah. a much bigger deal than thirty dollars. Yeah, but you're but you're correct, uh, Christy. Like in in principle, that is something that should be uh, held yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if the woman only had sixty dollars to begin with, and she took thirty, then it's basically the same as a kidney. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess so. It's a calf. Yeah. I mean, it's. You need money to survive. Feel like because it's kidney. You take a kidney, you're taking several years off your life too. Like you, you're basically donating part of your life to someone. So I just I don't know that I can see much of an equivalent to that kind of thievery. But again, it doesn't matter. You don't minimize other people's pain, right? Exactly. Um, Yeah. So yeah, he's screaming that he wants his kidney back. And then we're outside, you know, of the support group and. And Locke's trying to light a cigarette, and Peg Bundy comes over, um, and she's like, you know, 
it's it's best if you can't get it lit because if you get kidney cancer, you've only got one. Um, so he thinks she's funny and he apologizes for ruining her meeting. They have good says, chemistry. Yeah, immediately. Just like natural um, chemistry. I feel like it just seems that way. The actors, yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm sorry for ruining your meeting. But she says, you know, all you did was say everything I ever wanted to say in there. <laughs> um, so they chat for a bit and she asks if he's going to come back because she likes bald guys. And, you know, as per our wig conversation, like Locke points out that he's not bald. And she goes, "Mm, I can wait. Um, Wow. And then she introduces herself as Helen. Peg. Helen. What? What? Now, now there's something, a strange thing here that that this character has in common. Um, So we know uh, Peg Bundy. What's her name in real life? The actress? I can't remember right now. Katie Seagal. Yeah, Yeah, Katie Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal was hit by a also car on, uh, not too long ago. In Wait, real what, life. What is- in real life, Katie Seagal was hit by a car in L.A. And well, then, don't say and not then, too long ago. It was not too long ago when we recorded this, but the, when this airs, it'll be a bit ago. I, I understand that, but it's still not oh, okay. that long ago. But yeah, she was hit by a car in L.A. And then you have Locke, who was hit by a car. Oh, hit by a car. We don't know that. No, it was, well, he was hit by a car uh, in the parking lot of the one episode, remember? Oh, yeah. do we and then, know that and it, already? Uh, yeah, and it didn't paralyze him. He was just yeah. hit by the car. It was the tease episode where when he worked in the toy store. and uh, yeah, we, kept, yeah. we kept thinking, no, okay, is this going to paralyze him? Is this going to paralyze him? Yeah, yeah, oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, so back in the hatch, Jack is screaming, where's Kate? Um, while she's crawling through the air ducts. Uh, so once again, we're you know, concurrent timeline. Back to that moment again. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds the opening and drops into a dark room. Um, and, you know, she pulls a door open and she's in the gun room. Um, she grabs one, loads it, and heads into the residence part of the hatch. And she comes up behind Desmond and clocks him in the head with the back of her, you know, gun, the butt of her gun. I'd like to point out she did she did grab a shotgun, which tactically is probably the best option in that. So, Kate's kudos, so Kate. Dummy. She knows her guns. She knows her guns. Um. So yeah, she hits him in the head with the butt of her gun. He falls forward and drops his gun, which goes off, now sending a bullet ricocheting off the concrete walls. Um. Jack grief. Yeah. Jack runs over to Desmond, points the gun at him. Locke tells him not to, but Jack argues that Desmond just had a gun pointed at his head. Um, well, I mean, Desmond, he's got a good point. Like, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Desmond looks up and he sees that the computer is smoking because the ricocheted bullet hit the Just the happened computer. to hit the computer. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Um, and he's like, oh, what did you do? What did you do? We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And Yo, I that's a tense fucking moment like what is happening yeah like how many how many how many movies or stories in hollywood require a gun that falls to go off falls to go off yeah a gun that falls to the floor for it to go off they really don't do that in real life no No. you gotta pull a trigger yeah yeah i mean like if if it fell and then that somehow the trigger like caught on something and it yes okay maybe see that but just falling on a concrete floor no no no, never gonna happen. Hey guys, unless well, it's a really, really shitty gun. Yeah. That's Hollywood. 
Anybody want to keep going on the episode or nah? That was, yeah, like, that was like the, long, the longest intro ever. Right? Before you get the title intro. screen, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, now, so now we finally hit the title screen. Um, yeah, it's seven and a half minutes into the show, actually. And it is it is a really long intro. We get a few more of those, uh, or that becomes more frequent as the show goes on this season. All right. In the hatch, uh, Desmond is trying to crawl off across the room and Jack is on his back. Um, he tells them, you know, if we're not allowed, if I'm not allowed to fix the computer, we are all going to die. Um, Desmond tells him to look at the time on the wall, which is counted down from 108 minutes to 97 minutes. He says, I got to enter the code. I got to push the button. Lock wants he, Jack to he let him get He sounds like up. a little, like, obsessive crazy at this point, you know? Like, I gotta put the code I gotta, in, gotta push, push the, the button. button. <laughs> yeah, it's a little yeah. bit like, you gotta do, what? <laughs> you know push the button. I push the button. <laughs> it's my turn. It's not your turn. Or who yeah, are you arguing with? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who she's talking no, to. Seriously. Do you remember the, the cartoon Tiny Toons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember this, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was one where they were in an elevator and one of the, the baby tunes was like, you don't push the button, I push the button. It's my oh. turn, it's not your turn. No, I just thought you were like crazy. I don't know what Maybe. was happening. The voices. <laughs> yeah. The voices. Maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so nobody got my uh, little thing there, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um. Just keep, just roll with it, roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, I got to enter the code. I've got to push the button. Locke wants Jack to let him up, uh, but Jack's like, no, I want some answers from Desmond first. Um, he wants to know what's going to happen. And Desmond responds, do I know you? Um, Jack has Kate keeping a gun on Desmond, and then he lets him up to fix the computer. And now we are in flashback number two. Oh, I want to point out during this, after you know how after the title scene, they continue to show credits rolling through, mm -hmm. like, you know guest starring or whatever yeah. the, the the director's name of this one is jack bender oh, that's, that's just a, cool a really name. rock star name like i, I yeah. just I was like man i wouldn't be a, i'd be a porn star if my name were jack bender yeah you could do that <laughs> yeah that's a good porn name if one wanted to do porn yeah yeah we're not telling you what to do jack, jack <laughs> it's, a, it's a great episode you you can direct as well because you did a good job here yeah <laughs> but if you ever want into the industry, I think you've already got the name. So, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, flashback number two: <clears throat> Locke is sitting in a chair in the dark, and he's getting dressed. And then we see that Helen is asleep in bed. Hey. Um, so, giggity, got he got Peggy Bundy. <laughs> she's pretty. Hot. Um, she's still pretty hot too. By the way, like, yeah, yeah. Like, she, she aged really well, man. She's I know stunning. this is like a while ago, but even it, it, if you see her recently, she's just, yeah. She's just she's a yeah. beautiful woman. Yeah. She is. Um, oh my God. Married so, with children. It just would not fly today. It's just not. Oh no. Oh no. No, no. not at all. No. It's great. It was a great show. It was it a great was. show for its time. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Anywho's. Whatever happened to Bud? I know. Mm. David Faustino. Oh, yeah. his name? Name? yeah. Yes. I don't know. You know. I know his name. I have no idea what happened to him. I'm sure we can Google find knows. out. There we wow. go. <laughs> Derek okay, is on so, it. 
Well, Derek Googles whatever happened to David Faustino. Um, <laughs> Peggy wakes up to find Locke getting dressed, and she's like, where are you going? And he says that he has trouble sleeping in a strange bed. Oh, my which God, are you five? I can relate to. Are you <laughs> yeah, five? No. Right? Some people, that's true. I mean, I can relate to that. Anytime I'm in a hotel or, you know, sleeping in a bed in somebody's house, it's just weird because it's not my bed. Um. Yeah. Oh, but you know what, still, David Faustino? I, I found it. Yeah, really. Dan Faustino. Does shit. He, he ended up. He ended up being a wig maker. On law. <laughs> oh. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did um, a lot of B movies after that. You know, Robo Doc. Oh, not another oh, wow. B movie. Oh God. Yeah. Interesting. He did a movie yeah. called Not Another B Movie. Yes. That's terrible. Poor yep. thing. So that was the pinnacle of his career then was yep. that show. Okay. I hope that he invested well as a young man. I mean, um, to be, to be a part of that show at that age, that's pretty badass. No matter what happens after. Oh, hell yeah. That show was great. Yeah. I just hope that he saved some money for his future of not being in Hollywood anymore. Is this he what our podcast w- about? Are we, he makes are we wigs, talking I about w- how worried we are about washed up yes. television stars? <laughs> that's right. Is that what we yes. do here? Yes. <sighs> that's what we do now. We're a support group for Wow, Married with Children stars. was 259 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay, so... Locke says he has trouble sleeping in a strange bed. Um, he's like, I really like you, and I'll call you later. I really so, like you, Helen. He, yeah. <laughs> that is mm. that is some shitty way to end your, your first date. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, now we have Locke sitting in his little Volkswagen Beetle, and he's drinking coffee. Um, and Mr. Cooper opens the door and gets in the passenger seat. This fucking um, guy. Asshole. Yeah, fucking dick. Um, not not like the good Mr. Cooper from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, <laughs> what? Don't you remember that show, Hanging with Mr. Cooper? That one I remember. Oh, was that a t- was that a Tiny Toons skit? No. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay, so Mr. Cooper gets into the car. They say good morning to each other, and Mr. Cooper's like, "I know that you like to drive through this neighborhood and park outside my house." Um, he thought that it would stop when he moved, but here Locke is, you know, still stalking his dad. Um, and Mr. Cooper's like, you know, what the hell is it that you want? And Locke says he wants to know why. Mr. Cooper's like, well, there is no why. Oh, he you says something to... right there. He says He's something right there. The way he says it, he says, fuck. He, he like glares at John and says, excuse me? Like, how dare you even ask me that question? Like, he almost shames John for asking him that question in that mm-hmm. moment. And I thought that was he's a fucking a dick. I hate power him so move. Much. <clears throat> like, yeah. You had what I wanted and I took it. Like, what yeah, do you mean? Yeah. Like, you, you needed a father figure. I needed a kidney. It was a con. Get yep. over it. Don't come back. You're not wanted. It's fucked up. Boom. Which just is, is a horrible, horrible thing. Um, you got that bunny, so, man. Go, go back to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah but you're not wanted. He's straight up, yeah, he like straight That's up says fucked. you're not wanted. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ, a horrible feeling 
Uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper premiered on uh, September 22nd, 1992. So that's weird. It's September 22nd, same as Lost premiere. Mm. Uh, uh. Former NBA player Mark Cooper becomes a dedicated teacher and basketball coach in Oakland after his playing career ends. When he's not dealing with his students and players, Mark spends time with his gorgeous female roommate, which he eventually starts dating. Mark Starring Mark Curry, Holly Robinson, Raven Simone, Nell Carter... I remember this show. You don't remember Give me that? Give a break. I sure deserve it. What? Oh, wow. What in the... You said Nell knows, Carter. She know. knows the... Uh, I know, but you were singing wow. her song, but you just sounded exactly fucking like her. That was Thank weird. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh. All right. All right. Boys, Lock you don't it. remember that show from... No. Growing up, right. I remember the Fuck. name of it now that now mm-hmm. that I think about it, but I don't think I ever watched it. I think it was like I a can't... TGIF thing, right? It was. That's that's yeah. what the article said that started yeah. the TGIF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was usually uh, going out on Friday nights, though. Not back then. I was a little too young. Like kids. Oh, 92? Well, not, yeah, well, that's right. I wasn't. Well, I went to 97. No, yeah. I was just, I was just was feverishly masturbating in my room. Yeah. Oh my god. 92 was hanging with Mr. Cooper. Give me a break was way before that. Oh yeah, give me a break was like 80s. Downloading porn yeah. on through dial up. Yeah. Early early 80s. <laughs> yeah. Just another another Friday. There's a night. boob. There's a yeah. boob. All right. Oh I shit. Would, Call waiting. I would imagine that it would be hard to get in a good, you know, a good wank on dial up. Downloading. Yeah. I bet I bet up. those I bet those two made do. I'm yeah, I mean you would yeah. like you get numb to it the longer you look at it. So, like when you're younger and it's it's relatively like you know sparse, it, it'll work. Like if you had to, a choice between that <laughs> and your mom's Cosmo, like when yeah. You were young. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like watching like scrambled porn, and every now and then you get a clear shot of a boob. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I used yeah, to exactly. do that. Like Skinamax, you you could see that. Yes. Oh boy, that's so lame. Oh <sighs> yeah. Yeah. How All desperate right. for porn? And a lot of were it was we? like. A lot of the Skinamax in that time was from the 70s, so they had like the oh, whole yeah. bush and everything. Oh, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was not, not, not cool. <laughs> it was very Danielle. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, remember what, I don't remember what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, Locke's crying because his dad says, you're not wanted. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Right. Back in the hatch, uh, Desmond is desperately trying to fix the computer. Yeah. Um, and Locke is, doesn't think that Kate needs the gun. Um, Locke wants to help. And Desmond's like, unless you can fix the computer, just stay the fuck out of my way. So Locke um, is just like basically convinced himself. Everything's fine. You can trust Desmond. Nothing's wrong here. He's just like in it. Whatever is going to happen, he's just like on board. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. It's a, there's a desperation to it because he feels yeah. like if, if this is not right, then why have I been led here? You yeah, know, he says that. He says times, as much later. Yeah, how many times has he said already it wasn't supposed to happen this way? It's like, yeah. what are you? What do you think is supposed to happen? So yeah, he's just like trying to force or help like whatever he thinks is going on down there without having yeah. any fucking clue what is happening. Yeah, that's wild. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's, again, it's a <laughs> distillation. In this, in wow. this situation, sorry. <laughs> in general, he's not. But in this situation, I I don't I don't understand how he just has complete trust in Desmond. It's a perfect encapsulation of faith-based behavior. Right. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. And and he, you know, I guess 
well, we'll get to more of that in these flashbacks, I guess. Eventually. Yeah. So, you know, Desmond says, if you can't fix a computer, you're no help. And Kate's like, well, Saeed can fix a computer. Um, so Locke is like, well, go get him. Um, Desmond's tearing apart his living space, looking for something. And he tells Kate that there's another door out of the place, um, but that it sticks. So he gives her directions. <clears throat> and then he picks up a jar and he's like, I gotcha. Desmond run back, runs back to the room with the computer and he sets down the jar and, and Kate finally gets her door open and she leaves to go get Saeed. Um, Jack picks up the jar and he holds it for ransom until Desmond tells him how he got there. Um, so Desmond's like, it was three years ago. He was on a solo race around the world and his boat ran aground on the reef. A guy named Kelvin came running out of the jungle yelling, hurry, hurry, come with me. Desmond was told um, as he was taken into the catch. The um, The catch? The hatch? The booth? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Anyhow, (laughs) Kelvin comes running out of the jungle yelling, hurry, hurry, come with me to Desmond. Can you imagine? Um, Like, what what, if you're Desmond? You just, like, wash up on shore and here's this guy. He's like, all right, hurry, come. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then then again, he just goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes him into the hatch. What is with these people? Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, Kelvin enters the numbers into the computer and hits execute. And when Desmond asked what that was all about, um, Kevin said that he was, Kelvin said that he was saving the, the world. Oh, um, okay, cool. Okay, right, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start doing it for the next 20 <laughs> right. years, however well, long Desmond he's down there. Desmond has been there pushing the buttons ever since. Well, you gotta um, imagine, even like, after you... Kelvin died. Yeah, like, and this is the same thing. Like, what happened with with Desmond? The same thing that's happening with Locke, right? They get into a situation where they got no real clue what the fuck is going on. Everything yeah, is, is like, in upheaval, it. and then somebody yeah, shows up it. that it's like, "Hey, I'm in this routine. I'm here." And then they they mistake that routine for purpose, and that's like it's the same thing that happens with Locke when he gets into into this situation. Yeah, yeah. So once Desmond is done giving Jack his explanation, he goes back to fixing the computer. Um, Jack tells Locke that he thinks that he's crazy for believing any of it. And Desmond is like, you know, go to the bookcase. There's a film. You should watch it. So Locke rifles through the bookcase and he pulls out, um, a book, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James and tosses it aside. And then he pulls out an old real film canister marked Orientation. The story is a gothic, it's a gothic horror story. Yeah, I've got. I did. I did a little bit of research on this. Turn of the Screw was a twelve-part serial that was published in Collier's Weekly. It's about a What's governess, that? huh? Uh, Collier's Weekly. I just. It's just I didn't some publication. Heard of it, but I don't know what it. Okay. Like short stories. Oh. Yeah. I think they they published it Google. in Collier's Weekly. I don't know what Collier's Weekly itself was, but okay. anyway, the story is about a governess um, on this remote estate caring for two children and she becomes convinced that the estate itself is haunted at the time when it was reviewed, they saw it more as just kind of a, as a frightening ghost story. This was in 1899. I think it was 1898. Um, it was reviewed as like this frightening ghost story. Then it was kind of revisited in the thirties where people were looking at it again and we're seeing that actually they were, they suspected that these were figments of, of her imagination. So it was more like, Hey, it's the psychological thriller and then in the 70s, it got kind of picked back up. Um, there was a threat of uh, structuralism was kind of coming into the fore. 
and they looked at this and the sort of outcome was that the ambiguity of the story was its key feature. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And that that was the, the um, version in the 70s, considering it was found mm-hmm. there in the hatch. Yeah. Yeah. A Collier's Magazine was an American general interest magazine founded in 1888. It stopped so printing. So like Reader's Digest? I think yeah. so, yeah. It stopped yeah. printing in 1957. Oh, uh, okay. I used um, to like Reader's yeah. Digest when I was I used a kid. to read them in the like, doctor's and dentist office. My grandmother had them. Yeah, my grandmother did too. Yeah, my great-grandmother, grandmother, she got that and a little magazine called Guideposts, which was mostly feel-good religious stories. Um, oh, Oh, yay. But, yeah. <laughs> you like the crucifixion? Anywho. Yes. <laughs> Back on the beach, Hurley is tossing the ball with Vincent, and he sees he sees Saeed trying to carry something heavy, and he stops to help him. Um, Hurley says that he's surprised they all made it through the night, and he wasn't even here for that baby-stealing part. <laughs> <laughs> Saeed says, I can assure you, it was exciting. <laughs> oh, look at you. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Nailing the accents. Yeah, Thank you. Go. you. Um, just as Hurley says, it's nice that things are finally returning to normalness, Kate comes running out of the jungle yelling for Saeed, and Hurley says, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, so good. they just Love giving it. him the zingers, one right yeah. after the next. Yeah, so Kate's like, you know, so Saeed, we need your help. Um Back in the pit of despair, Sawyer asks Jin what he knows about the people who put them there. And all Jin can say is, there are others. Um, Michael wants to know if he's seen Walt. Because, like, Jin wouldn't have mentioned that, I guess. I don't know. Um, Jin mimes that he was blindfolded. Um, Sawyer wants Michael to push him up so that he can try to break out. He's like, come on, help us out, Chewy. (laughs) referring to Jim. <laughs> two, two, th- two things, two observations here. One, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Sawyer didn't have a mark on him. Now, normally, when a very large, muscular black man beats the shit out of me with a club, I bruise up a little bit. Oh. Yeah, he may be different. Yeah, that's true. He may be different. He, he did take that, like, right to the face, didn't he? Yeah, not a yeah. mark on him. And also, so you're, you're in a pit, the pit of despair, as we're naming it now. Um, why are you trying to boost the guy up with the bullet or the, the hole in his shoulder? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, what's he going to be able to do? He's going to be able to pull himself up. Like, put the person that's not wounded and try to get that. Well, he out. was able to swim. I get it. I mean, once again, he doesn't bruise. He's able to swim, do a free fucking like breaststroke or whatever with a hole in his shoulder. And now he's going <laughs> to yes. do pull ups. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's a cyborg. The island you know, is, that's it. is. It really is. <laughs> he's like a hip cyborg. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, so they they both lift Sawyer up to the top. Um, he discovers that the roof is weighed down, and as he's trying to move it, the man from before sticks a machete through the top. Um, I'm wondering where the hell he got a machete. Well, so I think it was like made from airplane parts. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he probably yeah, found okay. it in one of the torch closets. Sense. Yep. George closet. <laughs> Maybe this group will have a cobbler. <laughs> there we go. Might we can get our cobbler. One can hope. Uh, so uh, the big guy opens up the hole and he throws someone else in. 
Um, and Michael lifts the hair from her face and he's like, it's a girl. That was which just, different. It's a woman. A crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a girl. You, get, you yeah. got three guys who haven't had sex in a, a month and a half with it, with a girl in a pit. Now it's like, this could get mm. ugly. I would hope none of them are rapists. I would too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just pointing out it's a perilous situation. It just took a weird turn. (laughs) Also, how did they not tell it was a girl before they moved her hair? Yeah. Yeah. She's a tiny little creature. Yeah. Whatever. Back in the hatch, uh, Locke opens the film canister and puts it on a projector, which I just want to say didn't you love when you were in school and you saw the projector oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the in the classroom? You're like, oh my god, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a good day. I was always day. happy to see that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It meant I could like write notes and not pay attention. That or the uh, the huge TV cart, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the oh film projectors, those no, little I, things. I, probably not the anyhow. I mean, I don't do that in schools anymore, right? There's no such thing as film projectors in school. No, no, no. Everything's digital now. It's all we're digital. Old. We're in yeah. our forties. Ah, yes. uh, Jesus. Yeah, so Jack wants to know what's what was going on before he got there. And Locke says that Kate was tied up. Desmond had a gun on him. Jack noticed that he calls him Desmond. And Locke says that Desmond wanted to know all about them and if they were sick. Right? They're on like a friendly first name basis. Jack is like, are, I know. Are you ki-? This guy was like, going to kill. What are you doing? Yeah. He doesn't know. It's his best friend. He was in the hash. This is my destiny. Yeah. And then, you know, Jack is, like, thinking Locke is strangely calm for someone who believes that the world's going to end in 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> Jack thinks everything is just ridiculous. Um, and Locke wants to know if he's upset that Desmond said that he recognized him because that would be impossible. Um, I mean, so yeah, he's got Jack kinda, there. Yeah. And clearly it's not impossible because it happened, but I get what he's doing to Jack. Sure. Yeah. So the film projector is going and we see the Dharma initiative on the screen. Um, There's some weird music and they say that it's three of six orientation um, or that's like on the screen. It morphs into the symbol that Locke saw in the hallway uh, with the swan inside an octagon full of dashes. And it says orientation station three, the swan. Um, And then a man in a white lab coat appears on screen. The film is clearly old and damaged and it's, you know, it skips a bit. And then the man says, welcome, I'm Dr. Marvin Kendall. And this is the orientation film for station three of the Dharma Initiative. In a moment, you'll be given a simple set of instructions for how you and your partner will fulfill the responsibilities associated with the station. But first, a little history. Um, Jack and Locke are both listening and the film continues with clips of, um, everything that the man in the coat is, the white coat is describing. The Dharma initiative was created in 1970 and is the brainchild of Gerald and Karen DeGroote, two doctoral candidates at the university of Michigan following in the footsteps of visionaries such as B.F. Skinner. Um, so the film is telling them that it's a large communal research compound where scientists and free thinkers from around the globe could pursue research in meteorology, psychology, parapsychology, zoology, 
Um, there's polar there's bears. Polar bears. Yeah. What electromagnetism? Did... Utopian society. Blah, well, like blah, he doesn't blah. say there's polar bears, but that's what you're seeing on the screen, right? Yeah, you see a polar bear. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be funny if, it, like, that's how he listed it? Where he's like, "Oh, you can pursue research in meteorology, psychology, parapsychology, polar bears." That's it. <laughs> what's, Just the what's, polar bears. What's parapsychology? I've heard it before, but I don't actually know yeah. what it is. Nothing. Well, I have PhDs in psychology and parapsychology. I know that. I know that's from <laughs> Ghostbusters, and I'm still trying to figure yeah. out: is it like is no, this supposed not, to be like paranormal psychology or something? Yes, that's what yeah. he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so nonsense. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there is a reclusive Danish industrialist and munitions magnate, Alvar Hanso, whose financial backing made their dream of a multi-purpose social science research facility a reality. <clears throat> the guy in the white coat says, you and your partner are currently located in station three for the Swan and will be for the next 540 days. Now, Station 3 was originally constructed as a laboratory where scientists could work to understand the unique electromagnetic fluctuations emanating from this sector of the island. Uh, Not sorry, long what after, now? Huh? <laughs> so, like what? <laughs> unique electromagnetic fluctuations. <laughs> I know. I heard what you said. <laughs> I figured I I'd enunciate like... a little bit better. I just felt like if I was watching the video, that's what I would be thinking right now is, sorry, what? Well, they did yeah. see that the compasses were kind of not, not yeah. facing north and stuff like that. So. And the key the key around his neck was like, yep. Yep. Sucked toward the wall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so apparently not long after the experiments began, there was an incident. Ever Uh-oh. since that time, mm. the following protocol has been observed. Every 108 minutes, the button must be pushed. From the moment the alarm sounds, you will have four minutes to enter the code into the microcomputer processor. Um, the film kind of skips around a bit, and we go back to induction into the program. When the alarm sounds, either you or your partner must input the code. It is highly recommended that you and your partner take alternating shifts. In this manner, you will both stay fresh and alert. We skip around again. Utmost importance that when Wait, the alarm Wait. sounds, <laughs> so they, the end of the sentence is utmost importance. Like what? What is the, of the utmost? Well, importance? it's skipped. Yeah, yeah I know. That's what I'm you conveniently skipped. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. While I'm watching it, I'm like, wait. <laughs> yep. So that utmost importance that when the alarm sounds, the code be entered correctly and in a timely fashion. Do not attempt to use the computer for any. Porn. And then it skips again. <laughs> Porn. <laughs> Porn would be terrible on that thing. It's like know, a green screen. Well, in uh, 1970, it was before right. the internet was even a thing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. So now the, at the end of the film, congratulations. Until your replacements arrive, the future of the project is in your hands. On behalf of the DeGroots, Oliver Hanso, and all of us at the Dharma Initiative, thank you. Namaste and good luck. Locke turns the projector off and he says, we're going to need to watch that again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I love it. Why? Hey, Ben. Yeah, babe. 
got any special occasions coming up that you need a card for? Is this a trick question? No, it's an advertisement. Is this about barbcards.com again? They can go. So I suppose you're going to remind me that each handmade card is only $1.50. Mm-hmm. And they don't come with busy backgrounds or flowery poetry. You got it. Barbcards.com offers to-the-point communication within several different categories, including our favorite, Potty Mouth. And if you can't find what you want, barbcards.com can do customizations. Can I still get all of my cards for no more than $4 shipping, no matter the size of the order? You know it. Barbcards.com has got all you need. Hey, Ben. Oh, my God. What are we selling now? Merch. Our merch? Yes, sir. Shirts, coffee mugs, wine tumblers, bottle openers, stickers, magnets, and more. Your choice of product and your choice of Space Bear Media Graphic from any of our podcasts. Please tell me we're not making merch now, too. <laughs> of course not. We'll stick to podcasts and Pixis products will do the rest. Thank God. I bet you have more to say, though. Sure do. Pixis Products is a small business run by a local mom, but local to us anyway, who needed something else to do besides being a snack bitch. A what? A snack bitch, also known as a mom with a young child. There's still more, isn't there? Yepers! Pixis Products works with other small businesses for supplies, art, and other collaborations at every opportunity, including ours. In fact, Pixis Products even gave Space Bear Media our own storefront on their site. You can find us at shopspacebear.com. Say what? You heard me. Go to shopspacebear.com and buy something. Um, so let's talk for just a second about this. So like, (laughs) it's, it takes such a turn where just out of nowhere, this whole fucking thing. I, and it's why I kept watching this show because it was just always a new mystery and corners that I never saw coming. Anyway, yeah, Derek, not, not only is there a personal mystery for every one of the main characters, right. but the island itself is a mystery. Yeah, and this just adds so much to the show. Um, that film was typical of those type of films with a guy in a white lab coat. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like from that time period, 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, what did you... Why did there have to be so many numbers to put in? I mean, why don't you just put in like one number and hit the button? Why have a human oh. do it at all? They have all this yeah, equipment exactly. there, you know, and that's that That to me is what really begs the question of like, okay, yeah, yeah there's obviously some electromagnetism happening vis-a-vis the key. At the same time, if you have the technology to do all of this shit, couldn't you just like make something that does whatever that needs to be done without human interaction? Probably. So Lacey, what is the station really for? Discuss, um, did we discuss BF Skinner? Is that? Well, we that's were... fun facts today or BF Skinner. Okay. So yeah, the, the, why, why do they have to push the button? We'll discuss later. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but I want to know Derek, as you're like watching this from, for the first time, what were you thinking yeah, this just kind of like went 
way off of what I was expecting mm -hmm. or what I was thinking was happening. Because all of a sudden now it's this kind of facility. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is the swan? You know, why, you know, why are they there? You know, what is the purpose of this whole thing? What yeah, is so this organization? So you had the same reaction as I did, where it's just like, yeah. it wasn't, you weren't expecting something no, like that. No, not at like all. They, they always seem they always surprise me in this show or when I you know watch. And I it like for the that first time exactly yeah in a show. All right, so we're gonna need to watch that again. Christine. Yeah, flashback number three. Locke and Helen are dressed nicely. Um, they're sitting at a restaurant table, and she puts a small gold box with a bow on the table. Apparently, it's their anniversary of some kind, and you know Locke is like, I didn't get you anything. She says, you know, it only cost me a dollar. <clears throat> he opens the box and it's a key to her apartment. Oh, keyed him. Serious. They keyed yes. him. Um, Helen wants the relationship to move forward, but the one thing that she asks is that he has to promise to stop sitting outside that house. Um, she tells him that she followed him there last night. If he's going to have the key, he has to stay all night. He did this not a strange like bed. He did not like being followed, though. Yeah, no. pissed him off. No, he did not. I wouldn't like my booty call to keep leaving in the middle of the fucking night. So Yeah, well, there's that, too. True. Yeah. So she's like, you know, I want to be here to help you because you've helped me. Um, but he's, he's pissed um, that she followed him. But he agrees. He promises to leave his father alone. Um, so in the hatch, Locke is putting the film reel back on the projector. And Jack just thinks he's crazy for wanting to watch it again. So Jack leaves the room. Where are you right now? Where are you guys? Are you are you on the lock camp? Or are you in the Jack camp right now? Lock. I'm always in the lock camp. I'm I, in real life. I'm Jack, but in the show, I'm always lock. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm Jack in real life. But just curious to see what's going to happen with Lock here. Mm -hmm. I like following Lock down his rabbit hole. I do too. I do too. But I was thinking more of like where where would you actually be? Not in the show. If you were in oh, real life, in this. I'd be Jack. I would yeah. think 100%. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be a little bit up in the air, honestly. You know, who who knows what what happens if I don't push the button? And that's why yeah. I purposely not push the button because I want to find out what happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, look, I guess I'm being nothing. told that the world is going to end if I don't push the button. I might push the button. I guess from the perspective of like if I actually went through the crash and had already seen everything I had seen on the island, I might. Yeah, that's I'm, true. I, you know, you know all the weird I, shit yeah. going on. Yeah, it's, it's clearly a special place. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say then actually if I, if I was truly one of the characters, but just right. like looking at it from the outside, I'm like, well, no, that's crazy. Yeah, but so in the pit. The woman wakes up and it's Ana Lucia, who we met in the airport. Um, she was seat 42 F. Wait, what? You mean there were other survivors from the plane crash? Oh, my God. <gasps> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I said when I saw that. Yeah. Right? This scene oh, happened. Right. Shit just that's got what... real. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Sawyer and Michael uh, tell her that they were in a plane crash and there are 40 other survivors. And she's she seems shocked. Um, she goes... Flight eight fifteen, um, and they're like, "Yeah," and she's like, "I was I was on that in the in the back of the plane. I was in the tail what? section." Um, she apparently was knocked out during the crash and woke up underwater. Oh, that's gotta suck. Yeah. Oh my terrifying. god. Oh my god. But that's oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Awful. So yeah. 
thankfully for her, she was able to swim to the shore and she has been surviving alone until they found her yesterday. Um, Michael asks about Walt, but she's like, I haven't seen your fucking kid. Um, (laughs) She said it just like that. Yeah. They exchange (laughs) names and then Sawyer shows her the gun that he has. You know what else he did? Uh, When she was thrown into the pit uh, by the unidentified, like, massive jungle man dressed in, you know, they make him look like he's been living in the jungle. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's done very But they're on a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when he throws Anna Lucia in, uh, uh, Sawyer calls him Shaft. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. Yeah. Um, okay, Desmond is still fucking with the computer and Jack keeps asking him questions. Um, he wants to know if he's been in contact with anyone since he's been in the hatch. Desmond's like, you know, if I was, I wouldn't be here. <clears throat> so Jack wants to know why he didn't know about the crash, and Desmond's like, you know, I've been busy pushing a button. Every 108 minutes. It's got to suck for sleeping. Jeez. Hell yeah. Yeah. Jack tells Desmond that it's all a test just to see if someone would push a button without reason. Um, he wants to know if Desmond has ever considered that. And he responds every single day. Brother. <laughs> Desmond says he hopes it's not true, but the film says that the station is electromagnetic and that part is true. So he keeps pushing the button. I was going to say, every time I walk by that thing, my fillings hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <clears throat> Thank, good thing for him he didn't have braces on his teeth or anything. <laughs> Ow, yeah. yeah. Or a Prince Albert. Oh. Ooh, ah. Yeah. That's just painful to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, it, so they're nice. Um. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your husband's got one of those <laughs> fucking things. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, it tickles her he fancy. Could, I don't know how he could do that. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Fancy. Fancy <laughs> name <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> he wants to know if Desmond has ever considered, you know, that maybe he's being told to push a button for no real good reason. And Desmond says every single day. He hopes it's not true, but the film says that the station is electromagnetic, and that part is true. So he keeps pushing the button. Desmond tries to turn the computer on and a light blows and, you know, smoke is coming out of it. And he's like, it's over. And he just starts packing a bag. Yeah, (laughs) game over, man. Game over, man. (laughs) What the fuck are we going to do now? (laughs) So Desmond is like frantically packing a bag and there are 48 minutes on on the clock. So if Um, the world is going to end, if you don't push this button, what's packing a bag and running? Yeah, where are you running? Yeah. Hop on a spaceship can. and go to Mars. I mean, he's he's Desmond, not Elon Musk. Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Desmond's grabbing food, vials of drugs, um, and and Locke's like, "Well, Saeed's coming. He can fix it." Desmond says, "Give him my best." Give him my best. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He runs out the room. Locke's running after him. And for a minute, Jack focuses on a photograph of Desmond with a woman with long blonde hair. And then he goes and follows the others. Um, 
Desmond tells Locke he's going to run as far as he can, and then he leaves. Jack catches up to him, and, you know, he leaves through the same door Desmond did. He's like, none of this is real. And then Locke starts screaming, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. Jack's like, again, what was see, supposed to happen, Yeah, Locke is sorely disappointed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you know what was supposed to happen, idiot? So Locke runs back to the computer. There's 46 minutes left on the clock. He drops some tools on the ground and he starts getting upset while he's picking them up. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Idiot. Press the button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put the numbers in. This week. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. The whole faith and destiny thing. It's, I don't know. I'm annoyed by that today. Yeah. We never like <laughs> Locke when today. he becomes pathetic. We like Locke when he's like a baller and he knows everything that's going yeah, he's on. In the charge. second he gets exactly. lost and confused, Tracking, we're just like, uh, yeah. I see. Your legs don't work. Ew. Like, you know. No. I like <laughs> He was totally like that. No. When we, when we did that, when we did that episode and we were like, when his, he started to feel like lose feeling in his legs or whatever, he got, he got the same way where he's just like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? It's yep. the same thing that's happening right here. It's not aligning with like his his I don't know vision of what whatever his so vision to, is. Yeah, so he had to kill yeah. a booth to get his life. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I think we I all like know that was Locke. that was a sacrifice the island demanded. I think we all know that. So absolutely. Yes. I like vulnerable Shannon instead. For the record, you like vulnerable Locke? So you like it when yeah. you like it when Locke is open? Oh my god! Oh my god! <clears throat> I mean, Helen gave him the key. Uh, Lock and key. I can't take any more. Christy, go. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're in a flashback now. Yes. Flashback number four. Uh, We're back in Helen's bedroom. She's asleep. Lock is laying next to her and he's awake. So he gets up and washes his face and he feels the scar from his kidney that's missing. Um, and then we jump to him sitting in his car, <clears throat> drinking coffee outside of his father's house. He just can't let go. House. No, yeah. he can't. So then another car comes up behind him and rear ends him hard. Go, yeah. Helen. He looks stunned, and, and it's Helen. Um, she reaches into his window, grabs the keys out of the ignition, and she just throws them over the fence into his dad's yard. That's a little yep, crazy. It says, reaches in the yeah, locks but- and grabs his keys. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So she's like, your father's never coming out. You have to get over this and move forward. Um, She's like, I know you're scared, but you have to choose between me and your father. And he says he can't because he doesn't know how. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Choose Peg. Yeah. So then she's like, well, you need to take a leap of faith. He puts her, Ah. she puts her hand out and he takes it. Um, so now back in the hatch, Locke is on his knees and he's crying by the computer because he's being a sniveling idiot in this episode. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Kate comes in yelling so for Jack. so hard on him. Yeah, horrible Locke. <laughs> and Saeed yeah. and Hurley are with Kate. Hurley oh, looks yeah. around the room and he's like, dude. <laughs> Locke tells him, Jack's gone um, and, you know, we need your help. The clock's at 28 minutes. So all four of them get to work on fixing the computer um, and while looking for something, Hurley finds the pantry and he says, dude, dude. 
He has two, he has two lines in this entire in this entire yep. episode. They're both dude. Dude. I think he gets a couple more. Back in the pit of despair, Sawyer is relaying the plan for overtaking the others. Um, and Anna Lucia thinks the the sick prisoner routine is stupid. <laughs> she tells <laughs> she him quest- too. Yeah, she questions him a bit. And then she ends up stealing the gun and punching Sawyer in the face. She has a nice right hook. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So then she starts yelling, coming out. And the jungle man with the club throws down a <laughs> vine and pulls her up. Um, he says, what happened? Who are they? Once again, I don't I don't think Sawyer shows us any bruises from this. No. No, he's invincible. Just keep Just keep an eye out. I'm surprised magic. the bullet even like pierced his skin. Seriously, or he just didn't found... heal once he, he wasn't took it on out. the island when he oh, got that's oh, true. Oh, okay. That's true. Right. If it was on the island, it would have just bounced off his peck. Yep. Okay. Desmond's running through the jungle. He trips and rolls down a hill. And as he's picking up the stuff that fell out of his backpack, Jack points a gun at him and he says, Stop. And Desmond thinks that he wants the code. So he's like, you know. If by some miracle you guys get the computer working again, you need the code. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Hit execute. Jack tells him to shut up and he yells at him. He's like, nothing's going to happen. Jack is um, like losing it too. He is, yeah, yeah. He is so pissed. He's, <clears throat> he's so strongly is like, you know, you don't even know what you're running from. Yeah. And Desmond says, I remember you. Uh-oh. And he, he goes mm. on to describe their meeting at the stadium. And when he ha- asks Jack about the girl, Jack tells him that he married her. Yeah, um, and he has to, like, ask him a couple times, you know, what what happened, what happened. And Jack yeah. doesn't want to say it. And he just screams it out. I married her. Like, he cannot process that he's met this guy before. And yeah. Because that means and every- something is going on that he does not, you know, it's, it's more than... Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. I also think that just thinking back on Sarah, that that was her oh, name, yeah, right? That's, yeah, yep. that's yeah, true. So yeah. thinking back on Sarah probably is is a painful memory for him as well. Because we still don't know why they divorced. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. And yep. We notice in this, you know, the last time that they had met when they were in the stadium, Desmond has the same way. He's got like a shortcut right to the to the things that uh, that Jack is most like. I don't know, ashamed of or things that hit him the hardest. Cause last time when they were there, he was asking about a girl and he, he would, you know, yeah. Desmond's yeah. insightful. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. here about a patient. Yeah. But a girl patient, but a girl. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And every time um, Jack adds a, l- a little bit cagey about it and he keeps asking, he keeps asking. And eventually Jack kind of lets it out. He's the only person that seems to get Jack to admit these things or to yeah. even let oh, these things yeah, out. In any way. So Jack tells him that he married her. Um, and he drops a, the gun and he turns around to, to cry privately, I guess. Um, and Desmond asks if they're married anymore. And Jack shakes his head. Desmond says, see you in another, see you in another life. Yeah. And he Same just, thing he said at the stadium. Yeah. And right, he just runs exactly. off into the jungle. <laughs> and the world ending. <clears throat> the world is going to end in five minutes, according to the current clock. Um, and Saeed's <laughs> like, the power transformer is blown. <clears throat> Locks wants to know if Saeed knows, needs to know why he's doing this. 
Said's like, all I need to know is that that timer is counting down to something and the computer needs to be repaired. He's Sherlock will tell him why when he's finished. So this is the interesting thing about like Said. He is okay to follow without any sort of explanation if he deems the situation like an emergency, a potential emergency, but you better have a good fucking reason when he's done, right? Yeah. 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 He's like, well, we can deal with the why later. Right now, we have a situation at hand that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, And then Kate finds a power source and flips the switch and the computer beeps. So the cock is at the... Excuse me? The what? The The what? (laughs) The cock is at 12 o'clock midnight. That rum. (laughs) Holy moly. It's good rum. Bamboo rum. Sponsor us. Oh, boy. computer's beeping the clock is counting down Saeed's talking out loud about what he needs to do and he flips it on and and it works Locke says there's a code he needs to enter as he's saying it out loud 4 8 15 16 Hurley's like hang on wait a minute I love Hurley's (laughs) reaction to this because he's like what the hell Um, and then Locke says 23 and Hurley's freaking out and Locke says 32. Hurley's like, yeah, go, oh, yeah, go sure, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I go yeah that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, ignore me. Go for it. Um, before Locke can hit execute, Jack walks in and he says the last number is 42. Hurley looks down, but he stays quiet and Locke Why? enters the last number. Why doesn't yeah, he? I, know, I expected he... him to like say something. Right. Uh, it's weird that he doesn't pipe up again. But... Because Desmond had broken down his defenses. What are, Desmond was gone. What are you talking about? No, Desmond had broken down Jack's defenses. No, oh, no I'm talking about Jack. Hurley. I'm talking about, talking about Hurley. Hurley. That like, oh, okay. A second He's ago, reading the numbers off. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's weird that he doesn't pipe up again. That are also on the hatch. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Anywho. So the clock is at two minutes and 15 seconds, two minutes and 14 seconds. As Jack leaves the room, Locke calls out to him. And tells him to push the button because this is a two-person job. Yeah, so I don't fucking get that. stupid. That's weird. <clears throat> he just One wants Jack on board. He wants yeah. Jack to yeah. follow him, believe him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jack yeah. is Jack's yeah. like, it's yeah. not real. Jack yeah. wants to know, or Locke wants to know why Jack finds it so hard to believe. And Jack wants to know why Locke finds it so easy. It's never been easy, Locke shouts. And the computer's still beeping. So we get down to one minute and five seconds, four seconds, three seconds. An alarm is is starting and Kate is like, Jack should do it. Locke says. No, I'd do it then. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Locke says says, that he can't do this alone and he doesn't want to. It's a leap of faith, Jack. 27 seconds, 26 seconds. Jack walks over to the computer, looks at the execute button. The alarm is getting louder. The clock is at nine, eight, seven. Jack takes a deep breath and pushes the button, and the alarm stops. The clock 
clock, clock, the clock, Damn, clock. <laughs> cock. The clock cock. flips to one second and resets to 108 minutes. Um, everyone is just standing there, and Locke says, I'll take the first shift. Yep. <laughs> just, whatever. Jack walks shift. away. He's like, fuck this shit. The clock is down to 107. And we get the lost title screen end of the episode. Yeah. Yep. Lock, uh, Lock gets a, a few really great lines, like quips in this one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need to watch it again, and I'll take the first shift. Good stuff. One thing I thought was funny I didn't mention was like when, when Saeed is, is fixing the computer and he finally finds out that it's working, the amount of time and care he puts to putting the top back on the computer before anything else happens, I thought was a little <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, okay, fucking thing works. You don't need to put a top on it, dude. Let's right. type in our code. Saeed is, he is detail oriented. He, he very much is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. <clears throat> Fun facts. Today, we're going to talk about bf skinner he is mentioned in the orientation video and uh he's a pretty important person to know about uh considering the episode so bf skinner is a psychologist if anybody's ever taken psych 101 you're going to learn about bf skinner um one of his more famous um contributions to the world of psychology is called operant conditioning. Uh, and it's <clears throat> a learning method that employs rewards and punishments for behavior. Uh, so S Skinner was sort of like the anti-Freud, I guess you would say. He thought that looking at internal thoughts and motivations of humans uh, was a poor way to explain behavior. And um, he suggested that all we needed to look at were um, external observable causes of human behavior. So he distinguished between two types of behaviors. One is respondent, and this is basically just like your reflexes, what you do automatically um, when you encounter a, a stimulus. And the other is the operant. And so what he called these uh, behaviors are conscious control and um, they, he believed they could be controlled through, like I said, punishment and uh, reward. So it's a fairly simple process. Actions that are followed by reinforcement will be strengthened and more likely to occur again in the future. If you raise your hand to ask a question and like your teacher praises you, then you're more likely to do that again. If you interrupt to ask a question and she yells at you, then you're more likely to not repeat that behavior. So that's punishment and uh, reward. So <clears throat> B.F. Skinner loved working with rats. He did a lot of psychological experiments um, with rats, one of which for operant, he uh, would have the rats in their little houses and they'd turn a green light on. And when the green light was on, um, or when they pressed the lever, excuse me, and the green light came on, they would get a treat. If they pressed the lever and a red light came on, they would get a shock. And so they learned to only press the lever <clears throat> when the green light was on and to avoid it when the red light was on. So that was how he gave evidence for his, uh, his idea there. 
So one of my personal favorite experiments that um, Skinner did helped to explain gambling addiction. And uh, one set of rats, again, with the rats in their little... Um, and there's video of um, lots of different experiments of, you know, rats doing this, not his video. <clears throat> but um, anyway, so gambling addiction. So one set of rats would have a button and every single time they pushed the button, they would get a treat. And so when they felt like having a treat, they'd push the, the button. Otherwise, they would just leave the button alone because they know it was there for use, you know, and it's always going to work, basically. But another group of rats, uh, the button would hand out a pen pellet randomly. So sometimes you press the button and you get a pellet. Sometimes you press the button and you don't, like with gambling. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So what happened was... Um, you got to know when to hold them. <laughs> that's what happened, <laughs> yep. Yep. No, the, the rats that uh, got the treats intermittently started pressing the buttons chronically. And they couldn't stop because they never knew when the next pellet was going to come. And so they just never stopped pushing the button. Um, and so so that's can, that's what happens. And that's why casinos let you win just every once in a while so that you will keep, you know, pushing that lever. So that's a little bit about operant conditioning. Um, and it, you know, is obviously pertinent to this episode because Jack, you know, brings up the idea that this is all an experiment and, um, you know, that's, I guess, the question now. Is anything really going to happen? Or is the Dharma Initiative something else? So, um, what are we doing next? <laughs> best and worst moments. How about Christy? Oh, best moment is Hurley finding the pantry and going, dude. <laughs> um, and worse, Mr. Cooper telling Locke that he isn't wanted. That was a heartbreaking moment. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know, what kind of an asshole you are. Having your parent tell you that you're not wanted. Just mm -hmm. really, that was, really, it's gutting. That was my worst moment as well. You're not wanted, in quotes. Um, I had a tie for my best moments. We're going to need to watch that again. And <laughs> also, uh, Hurley's, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> And that he's like, everything's, pretty... you know, getting normal. And Kate runs through yeah. and, oh, crap. It's pretty great. Uh, Derek, how about you, uh, best and worst? Um, <clears throat> my best moment was whenever Locke decides to take that leap of faith with Peg Bundy. All right. Maybe he's finally given up on his loser dad. Mm -hmm. And the worst moment was, you know, when his father tells him, don't come back, you're not wanted. Yeah. And just how devastated that yeah. made Locke feel. Pretty bad. Uh Ben? My favorite moment was a series of moments, but it was really just sort of the uh, what was happening between Locke and Jack through most of the episode. You know, the the entire episode in many ways was sort of hinged upon, you know, or, or revolving around their different ways of looking at this and their own sort of struggles in kind of processing the situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, yeah, I enjoyed that. Not again, not so much a scene as a series of uh, a series of interactions. And the worst, I, same thing. Like Locke's dad saying, "You aren't wanted." That's just a, oh, sweet. That's more than a yeah. gut punch. Yeah, that's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, the dick punch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, give us your character, how we're rankings and fucks and kills and. Um. Yeah, I just I Jack was my favorite in this episode. I just thought um, 
he had a he was he was having a rough time this episode but um you know i think through everything with um desmond sort of finally getting getting to him at the end through you know inquiring about his wife multiple times like i mentioned earlier sort of broke down his defenses and he came back and was like you know he said 42 even though like he enabled the other the other folks to kind of continue to go down this even though he's like this isn't my rabbit hole but i'm not i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna you know yuck your yum basically so hmm. i kind of I, I appreciated that aspect of him um where he sort of did sort of relent and worst character mr cooper you know that guy's just yeah. a ugh. um i'd fuck anna lucia because that little midriff she's wearing a little stomach all the time uh, i uh, i dig that and i'm gonna kill mr cooper I have a feeling he's going to die a few times today. Um, that's, that's, I like what you said about Jack. I actually had him on my second worst. He pissed me off a lot in this episode, but I, I see your case. You make a good case for him. Uh, my best character was Helen. I thought that she was there for Locke, and she told him the truth, and um, that's what you should look for in a partner. And, yeah, Mr. Cooper, obviously the worst. He's fucking horrific, and I killed him as well. Uh, we don't know his name yet, although we have mentioned it a few times. It is, of course, Mr. Echo. I am taking him and Anna Lucia on in, I believe, my first threesome of the season. Yes. Unless I forgot. Looks like that. it. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, uh, Derek, how about you? Uh, my best was Helen as well, you know, for the same reasons and, you know, helping Locke hopefully get over his dad. Um, the worst is Mr. Cooper. Who I also killed. I think he's going to probably sweep it this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm going to fuck Helen just because she's Peg Bundy. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> hard, to, hard to argue with that logic. Yep. Christy? So I also have Helen as my, my best character and as my fuck character. Um, right. Mr. Cooper is my kill character, so I think that's a sweep. Um. But my my bottom was was Locke. He just, oh he just believed you just so hated strongly. him this episode. I yeah. really just didn't care for him here this episode. He believed so strongly in this you know destiny to push a button and leaving Helen in the middle of the night to go stalk his fucking dad that doesn't even want him. You have a gorgeous woman in bed who wants you to stay, and you leave her for a man who doesn't fucking want you. Stupid. Yeah, it's so kidney? weird because I had Locke in, in my top three, and now you're making a good case for why he yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. That's interesting. So, All right. And and Jack is also in my bottom three. I have Locke, Mr. Cooper, and Jack in my bottom three because Jack is also a dick. You know, like, why why do you know that you have to push this button? Well, how do you know that I don't have to, Jack? So, like, both sides. And then Mr. Oh, Cooper's see. just a fucking asshole. So yeah, he's the I'm worst. I'm going to kill him. He's probably the worst character in the show so far, don't you think? I don't know. Susan, he and Susan I mean, are probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And don't forget I mean, Randy Douchebag Nation. Well, well yeah, there's Randy. you know, you can't forget but Randy. He's just but, a douchebag. I mean, but just in, like the, in the severity. Mr. Cooper. Yeah, the severity of the behavior. I feel like stealing an organ takes the cake. But yeah, Susan is, she stole a child, I guess. So, she, yeah. yeah. But he's still on the planet. I can still yeah, see him at, at least, some point. So. My fucking kidney's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ben, 
Can you update us on the power rankings, please? I can certainly try. <laughs> so we still have we still have Kate in first place, twenty nine points, and uh, we've got a new entry into the top three. It is Helen. She came roaring hey. into second place. Hey. Yeah, I like and it. And then uh, and then behind her, Jack and Doctor Bronze in the third spot once again. Doctor Bronze. Mm-hmm. Doctor Bronze. Uh, of course, we've got uh, Mister Cooper. At the very, very bottom of the barrel. He went from zero to, to the bottom of the barrel in one episode. Um, I guess being a hurtful, awful piece of shit can do that. Susan still in second place. And then uh, Kevin in third place. So we've got basically three sort of secondary characters who are taking all the bullets. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Shannon yep. hasn't been in it for very much yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she uh, she fell out of the top three by virtue of these other people's being absolutely despicable. Right. Yep. All right. Garbage thank people. you. You're welcome. <laughs> Christy, how about your final impressions? What are you thinking? Um, it's a good episode. I like that we got Peggy Bundy. Um. We get just a, a tiny little bit more of the others. We, I mean, we all hate Mr. Cooper. He's a fucking asshole. Um, I can't wait to see, like, if, and I don't remember for sure, but I can't wait to see if there's a real reason for why they're pushing the button or if it's just conditioning, you know, a la BF Skinner. Mm. All right. Ben? I thought this was a great episode. I think uh, it, it the fact that you get into this place that has had this sort of mystique around it and you find that it's there's just this sort of mundane sort of rhythm to it, but it, that it also masks this, you know, what could be this terrifying result if you don't do it. Um, I that that whole sort of uh, that that whole storyline really pits uh, Locke and Locke's way of thinking against Jack and Jack's way of thinking. And then I love how um, Desmond sort of bridged that, you know, he kind of stood in the middle of it where he's like, well, I'm pragmatic like you. I, you know, I think every day that maybe this, this is a complete sham, but I do it anyway. Um, so it just, it, it's a really cool episode when it comes to like the psychology of things um, about like this, like you're saying this sort of like operant conditioning and you have people that are thrown into these situations that they don't understand as all, all this fantastical shits going on. So, um, how do you process that? Like what, what's your ethos? And I thought this episode did a really, really good job of sort of, um, I, I don't know, sort of, sort of like highlighting all of that, but then, but then also right. sort of deepening it. Um, and I also that really like really, uh, really like deep in his answer in Christie's computer. <laughs> it got excited. It liked what Ben was saying. Oh, I see. That's what that was it. Yeah, that's Sorry, it. Babe. That's the ticket. Um, <laughs> and I also really like, you know, the um, the fact that the, you get to see the the film and that you can see yeah. like the film. It, it's skipping and there's big chunks of it missing, which immediately makes you think like, OK, this somebody doctored this. It's film. You actually have to cut this stuff to make that shit happen. So why did they do Isn't that? Isn't it just old? I, I just... I thought I it was just because it was old. It was just because no. it was old. No. I, I feel like it's because it's cut. Uh, old will make That's things That's true. It's a real it, film, so it's not yeah. going to skip. Yeah. It's not going to skip. Yeah. You, you might right, get places real. where it's warped and it'd be like... But you're not going to cut from one did. thing to the other. No, no, I, no it's I, skipped. It skipped no. whole sentences. Yeah. Right, but it skipped them because it warped. Every time it did that, it went... And then... 
Yes, but how did it go? <laughs> Not doing it. But you, but you could hear you could hear defined cuts where it would it nope. would be saying something, and all I of disagree. a sudden, it, no, I I disagree with your disagreement. Well, then that's where we stand. All right. Maybe I can get to the right episode <laughs> and weigh in since he's yeah. been through film school. Oh yeah, do that. <laughs> um. All right, my final impressions. I just wrote down, wow, 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 what the fuck is going on? So good. Um, thing I love about this is that the end of episode two of season one, it ends with them up on the mountain with the message in French, and Charlie says, guys, where are we? And I feel like that's the same yeah. message at the end of this episode, at the end of yeah. uh, episode three of season two is just, all over again, we're starting with like, what the fuck? Like, where are we? And yeah. I love that. I love that they bring us back there at the beginning of season two. So yeah, there's a lot of what the fuck is going on. Where the fuck are we yeah. happening in this show? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think um, one of the things I hadn't thought about that I think is like it, where they've gotten here is the sort of idea of almost like next level survival. Like for the first 45 days, they were having to do all of these really, really ornate things just to survive. You know, you had to find water, you had to do this, you had to do that. You had to do these really, really sort of primal things in order to survive. Now you're doing this extremely like tedious, I'm, I'm pressing buttons in order to survive. So it's like the exact same thing. You're, you're, you're going for survival, but now it's not just your survival, it's everyone's survival, but you're, but Maybe. you're doing it with this really, really mundane thing. So I feel like it's just two sort of, um, two sort of dynamics that are separating that makes it feel almost absurd. Yeah. Derek, final impressions, lasting questions. So this was, uh, I really liked this episode because um, we, a lot of things happen in it and we do learn that there are survivors from the tail of the plane. Mm -hmm. And we also, you know, find out who Helen is and um, that uh, Locke's father is still a piece of shit. Uh, we find out how Desmond got into the hatch and a little about the strange organization that's responsible mm -hmm. for this Dharma initiative. Mm -hmm. And um, the biggest question I have is, what is Desmond trying to prevent by pressing the button? Or is right. it just conditioning? Yeah, Right. And that is an excellent question. <laughs> so, um, yeah, more on the Dharma initiative to come. But next week, it's a Hurley episode again. I'm taking this one. It's called Everybody Hates Hugo, which we know is not true and could never be true because he's the mayor of Island Town. Please join <laughs> us <laughs> again uh, next week. Uh, episode four. We'll see you then. Bye. Before that, I'm gonna Bye. say one more thing. This lesson, oh. this this episode is a lesson that anyone that ends their their Conversation with you with Namaste. Don't fucking trust them. <laughs> Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Trim. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook to interact with your hosts. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube to watch our episode pre-shows. You can also find us at Space Bear underscore media on Instagram and Twitter.
or come to our website, spacebearmedia.com. <laughs>